0: Welcome back to the MarTech
2: Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Knit. Knit is a dynamic ad insertion platform that lowers the barriers to use podcasts as an advertising channel. They enable businesses of all sizes to reach new potential customers through advertising on premium podcasts like CNN, Bleacher Report, and TMZ. They take the guesswork out of media buying by allowing you to choose which shows, geographies, and keywords you want to target. If you've been listening closely to this podcast, you'll know that I'm a Knit customer. I've invested roughly $3,000 in podcast advertising, which is the key Reason that the show has gone from zero to close to 10,000 downloads per month in roughly six months. Best of all, like Facebook and AdWords, Nit is a self-service platform with no minimum order size. It's incredibly easy and cost-efficient to market your service or product. I believe in this platform so much that anyone who's interested in learning about the Knit platform can book a free 30-minute podcast advertising strategy session with me to learn about the Knit platform by clicking on the link in our show notes or by going to Martech Pod. Dot com slash knit. That's K-N-I-T. So head over to our show notes or go to MartechPod.com slash knit to schedule your complimentary podcast advertising strategy session to start growing your audience with knit. Bringing podcast advertising to the people. That's knit. Okay. Today, we're going to talk to a startup founder who has somehow managed to bring three of the hottest topics in technology and marketing together, drones, media, and blockchains. Joining us is Stan Klevner, who is the founder of Air Zeus, which is a compliant aerial media and services marketplace utilizing blockchain smart contracts. Outside of being the founder of Air Zeus, Stan is a commercial drone pilot and an advocate for the fair use of aerial media. In this episode, Stan is going to tell us about the ever-changing landscape of how drones are being used to capture and distribute media. Here is our interview with Stan Klevner, the founder of Air Zeus. Stan. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Ben.
2: Always good to have a friend on the show. I'm glad we're able to finally get you on here.
1: Yeah, no, I'm pumped.
2: So let's start off by talking a little bit about who you are and what Air Zeus is. Give us a little background on you and your company.
1: Yeah, sure. So back in 2016, I was introduced to a Phantom 3, which one of my buddies had in a crate in his workshop. And when I saw it, I was like, let's go fly this thing.
2: Phantom 3 is a drone, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Now it's a little bit of an older version, but at the time it was the coolest thing you could buy at a consumer level. And once I saw that it like hovers in place with GPS lock and you have almost like a video game controller that you control it with, I kind of, in a cliche sense, immediately fell in love. And I bought the thing off him for about 200 bucks, which was a steal at the time. And then ever since then, I've been flying those first few months were obviously recreationally. And then something called Part 107 came out in August of 2016 and became available nationwide that you could spend 150 bucks, answer a 60 question test and become certified drone pilot, basically. So
2: you are a commercially licensed drone pilot, and you started off as an enthusiast like some other people do as a hobby, and you've actually built a living for yourself flying drones.
1: Yeah, not only a living, but a company around the media and the basically flying for other companies, kind of as an aerial production arm of existing production companies and for all kinds of clients.
2: So outside of your affinity for flying machinery around, you also had a background in media prior to becoming a drone pilot, right?
1: Absolutely. So before this, I had a corporate gig at a company called Intercall, which acquired a company called Unisphere, which is where I came from, which was in the virtual event space. And we did a lot of video and basically virtual events, and then we transitioned into webcasts. And I was a product manager there and a video producer before that.
2: So you had an understanding of photography and video, multimedia, different formats of content and fell in love with drones. And basically there was deregulation or regulation that allowed for you to become a commercially certified pilot. Exactly. Give me a sense of what's happening in the drone industry. I know that you and I have talked a little bit about this, but there's some explosive growth in terms of the number of pilots. Is it regulation or deregulation that allowed people to become pilots?
1: It's regulation. Okay. So the existing regulation, depending on who you talk to in the industry, I see it as quite favorable, but still not going far enough on the enforcement end of the regulation. So we have rules about where you can fly, when you can fly. But at the end of the day, the FAA is quite limited on its resources in being able to enforce exactly who can fly where and all these rules and regulations because the FAA is a federal agency and most likely if you're out flying your drone, You're going to be encountering some local law enforcement or concerned citizens, or if you're trying to do it in a national park, you'll have a park ranger, but you're not going to get somebody from the FAA or your local FISDO office that's going to be enforcing the rules.
2: Sorry, you said FISDO. What is FISDO?
1: FISDO stands for Flight Standards District Office, and they're local FAA, basically, offices around the nation. They're the drone police. FAA. Okay. We don't know who the drone police is nowadays.
2: Okay. So for the marketers who are listening, the reason why I thought this was an interesting conversation is there is an influx of drone media on some of the sites that we use, whether it's capturing stock photography or video. And I don't think that the average marketer really has a good sense of what is legally captured and what is illegally captured drone footage. So talk to me a little bit about that. And first off, let's talk about some of the rules and regulations of where you can and can't fly.
1: Yeah, so to know that, you have to basically understand the classes of airspace. And they go from B to E. And right now, you're green to go if you're in class G airspace during the day. There's a litany of rules that you have to basically follow. You have to stay under 400 feet. I'm not going to go into all the details because you can technically go 400 feet over a building if you're still in class G airspace. So you have to know airspace. It's kind of one of the most important things to learn when you become a certified remote pilot.
2: Right. So you mentioned that there was a 60 question test, and basically that is teaching you the rules of the road. And I'm using air quotes when I say road because really it's the rules of the air. Just like your driver's test, you need to know when it's legal and illegal to take a left turn. When you're a pilot, it's how high you can go, how close to buildings, how close to people.
1: Yeah. So a lot of the regulation, if you type in drones, FAA, it'll take you to the small unmanned aircraft systems page in Google, and they have the entire list of both as a recreational pilot, what you can and can't do, and as a commercial pilot, what the rules are there.
2: Okay. So there are multiple ways that people can use drones commercially. Talk to me through some of the different use cases where people are using remote flying vehicles for commercial use cases.
1: There's like hundreds of use cases ranging from simply grabbing pretty aerial video and images to firefighters are using them with thermal cameras to kind of scope out the perimeters of forest fires recently, there's been a few YouTube videos of people strapping inflatable rafts to drones. And if there's someone out there getting attacked by a shark or sinking in the ocean, they just kind of hover the drone over them, drop the raft, and it's much safer and quicker than having a lifeguard actually swim out to the person. And then construction site mapping, which we're doing currently for a number of clients. And I just keep going on and on.
2: So there's a number of reasons why consumers would want access to a bird's eye view or the ability to reach a spot remotely. And one of the topics that you talked about was actually the use of media, being able to take pretty stock photography or images of a product or service or a landscape. Is that primarily where your work has been focused?
1: Yeah, we currently have three revenue streams that we're pursuing with Air Zeus, one of which is that the other is the compliance blockchain that I think we'll talk about a little bit later. And then there's the custom services. So we call it remote pilot services. So depending on what payload you need on your drone, there's all kinds of cameras you can use. There's all kinds of sensors you can strap on to a drone. Depending on what the needs of the client are, we can either find the right pilot to do that job or do it ourselves in-house.
2: Okay. Talk to me about the media landscape. One of the things that you and I have talked about before, and one of the needs for your product and services is there's a fair amount of drone footage, uh, aerial shot photography that is illegal. So what do marketers need to know about any sort of image that might be captured by a drone?
1: What you have to know is that it's a regulated environment. You're dealing with media that potentially could expose you to legal risk in the fact that you might be capturing, or the pilots that you're using might be capturing, images of buildings that are basically copyrighted. Or, for example, there are countless videos of people flying over the new Apple campus in Cupertino, and that's in Class D airspace, and you need permission to fly in that airspace. We're one of the only places that I know of, Air that has editorial footage of the new Apple campus for purchase that was basically captured in compliance with existing regulations. So we got permission to fly. We didn't fly over people. There's obviously a number of roads that are in that area and There's one extremely popular YouTube channel that has updates, and I'm pretty sure this guy is not getting permission. And if he is, he's flying over roads. And again, it's kind of the Wild West because the enforcement arm of the FAA, at least I don't know if this is absolutely the truth, but I've heard that it's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And I think they have more important things to do at the moment than finding out who's flying their drone over the Apple campus. That being said, it's one of these things where, yeah, it's technically against regulation. And so you're technically breaking the law. So from the customer's perspective, if you're purchasing that and using that in your marketing collateral, in your advertising campaigns, then you're potentially exposing yourself to risk there.
2: So, most of the content that I create, I don't use a ton of video for my consulting practice. Most of my clients, you know, we create a fair amount of written content, obviously, a fair amount of audio content. But it seems like most of the drone footage that's created that could be questionable is really used for things like video advertising. How can a marketer know whether their footage has been shot legally or illegally?
1: The best way to know is to, if you're getting custom footage, so if you're getting something specifically for your needs, make sure the pilot is a certified remote pilot. There's a database online. You can enter their last name and the state they're from and basically do that check yourself, or you can have them produce their certification card. And if you want to take it a step further, you can actually be on site while they're flying. But most people don't have the time for that, and that's kind of the reason why I created AirSus, is to focus on compliant aerials as a place for marketers, for anybody that needs aerials to go. We're the guys that watch out for that, and that's our business.
2: So right now, there isn't a ton of enforcement by the FAA, but people essentially are breaking the law to capture aerial footage. For the people that have been caught and charged What are the repercussions, not only for the pilot, but for the marketers, when you have stock photography that you've purchased that has been illegally shot?
1: Most of the enforcement has been on the companies actually flying illegally, basically. I hesitate to say illegally because it's non-compliant. Again, Congress hasn't passed a law. These are pretty much regulations set by the FAA. So it's Mm non-compliant. That being said, there is an email out there. And because everything is so early, the precedent is just coming out in the public. But there's supposedly a fine if you're a real estate agent and you willingly and knowingly are hiring a kid down the block to shoot your aerials and you're using it in your flyers and advertising for the property. There's supposedly an $11,000 fine that the FAA can issue. I don't know that this has actually been practiced and done by the FAA, but that's kind of out there if you follow the drone news and forums. So it's still really early in the space.
2: What I'm hearing from you is that, A, it's relatively easy for commercial pilots to be certified. There are some relatively complex rules around where you can fly and the different types of airspace. And for marketers who are purchasing aerial footage for stock photography or video, there's a question about whether the content that they're buying is in compliance, but there really aren't any teeth to breaking the rules. So if that's the case, what's the purpose of Air
1: Zeus? Well, we don't think that that's going to last very long. The analogy I always use is when we were transitioning from horse-drawn carriages to cars, Yeah, there weren't any stoplights at intersections, but eventually that technology came about. And as a society, we all realized that, hey, it's probably a good idea to have these stoplights at intersections so people would stop and not crash into one another. Uh, It took a while to get there. I think at the pace of technological innovation and drones being, depending on who you're speaking to, still relatively new in the general public zeitgeist. I think once there's more mass adoption, and don't get me wrong, there's over 100,000 certified remote pilots right now. But as more and more people are getting comfortable with drones in the skies, I think that's going to become an issue that pervades not only the general public, but in purchasing any kind of aerial content. So if you want to mitigate against that ahead of time, you'll go to places like Air Zeus or any other places that verify that they're compliant to get your aerial media.
2: Okay. So essentially the bet for Air Zeus is that there will be more interest and regulation and concern about the use of drones as the adoption of them continues to increase. Tell me about where we are right now in terms of the overall media landscape. How pervasive is the use of aerial footage drone media? How big of a industry or how well has it been adopted?
1: A study came out, I believe it was 2014, that estimated that aerial video and photography was about a $4 billion market globally. And this is accounting for all kinds of photography, from helicopters to drones. And that's obviously a growing market. I wish there was more up-to-date information. But we internally did, I don't want to say a study, but we just looked at hundred random Netflix shows and cross reference their IMDB pages for production credits and notice that over half of the hundred that we looked at had some kind of aerial unit So maybe now, after listening to this podcast, you'll start noticing that there's quite a lot of adoption, not just for production-level movies and TV shows, but even in marketing campaigns, a lot of Facebook videos, when they're promoting events, you'll have kind of a quick little aerial of the San Francisco skyline. So they're growing every day. So
2: there's essentially, there's the media and publishing industry, there's commercial films... There's advertising, there's real estate. There's really a fair number of industries that you've mentioned that are of significant scale that has already adopted aerial media.
1: Yeah, I've been doing this for a few years now, and I still get people that come up to me once in a while and say, hey, this is really cool. I've never seen a drone Just the other day, I was landing and one of these parking attendants was like, hey, can I actually touch it and see what it it looks like? So one day, they will be as pervasive as helicopters and airplanes. Like now we look up and see helicopters and airplanes. It's like normal. But for drones, it's still the early days.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a growing industry. And I think there's lots of commercial uses and plenty of adoption already in marketing. So now that we have an understanding of how drones are being used and what the landscape is, I think that's a good stopping point for us today. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Stan Klevner for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Stan is going to walk us through how he uses blockchain to make the use of drone media safer for pilots and content buyers. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Stan, you can click on the link to his bio in our show notes, or you can visit his website, airzus.com, which is A-I-R-Z-U-S.com. A special thanks to Knit for sponsoring this podcast. If you're interested in podcast advertising to grow your reach and expand your audience, click the link in our show notes or go to martechpod.com slash knit. To book your complimentary media strategy with me, if you're a subscriber to the Martech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. If you have questions, comments, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, feel free to reach out through the contact link in our show notes or on social media. Our company's handle on Twitter and LinkedIn is Ben J Schapp, LLC, and my personal handle is Ben J Shap, which is B E N J S H A P. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our episode with Stan Klevner from Air Zeus, we've got some great episodes lined up in the next few weeks. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.